recording. Okay. All right. Carla, would you like to praise in or would you like me to? I'm happy to do it. Um, hmm. I don't wonder, but I think I should thank you. Um, so welcoming um, us all and our connection with ourselves and our heart and welcoming this gathering and this opportunity to connect with ourselves and practice that which we most desire and and carry out into our everyday lives this this small time is actually just a practice period a representation of how we are interested in living this what this seems to be this life and carrying this connection deeper into ourselves each moment of each day where we realize that no matter what happens we have a choice in each moment and we're letting go of judgments and expectations of ourselves and others and realizing that however life is unfolding in front of us is exactly how it is meant to be because that is what is happening so we're very grateful to allow that realization to flow into our heart and to carry us forward in the next step of our path of development and growing and understanding our true selves every moment of every day. <clears throat> and as we as we do that as a step forward without knowing how that is to unfold and enjoy that however that is to unfold, that that is our blessing. We share all that growth and expansion, all that love we're learning for ourselves and others. We share that with everyone. It seems seems like it's everyone, but really it's us. We are one spirit appearing as many. (laughs) But true, if we look beyond the visual, look beyond what appears to be happening in front of us, and we see that we are truly all the same, all on the same path. Although at times it may look like it's not that way, but that is true. We're all on the same path, going on the same journey, and we're all meeting at that same end, which is now and the past and the present because all there is is now so all that is is happening and it's already done and we allow ourselves to accept that it's done and so it is amen amen <laughs> <laughs> Rocking it. <laughs> Whew. 
Um, I ended up muting everyone just as people came in and we had some noise, so I will unmute everybody now, and then we can just mm-hmm. go ahead and start sharing. So mute if you need to. Mute yourself. All right. Who's with us today? This is Angela from Rhode Island. <laughs> and Carla, Portland. Hello, Nancy. Nancy from Southern California. Ooh. Hi, this is Lars from Germany, but I can will probably not be able to speak because it's quite loud at the moment in my room because the kids are there. But, but hello to everyone. Julie, Portland. Hi, Lawrence. Your voice was a little low, so I don't know if you have a chance. There we go. Great. Yeah, so again, if you're joining in late, just feel free to say hi. We're just saying hello right now. Yes, this is Adam Marie. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, what's going on this week, everyone? Well, I'll jump right in. Um, Tuesday night, I sometimes, when I listen, I I, I, never, I end up falling asleep. And so, I first, I apologize for falling asleep, Carla, on your share, but uh, I've re-listened. And I I actually woke up after you were sharing, and I, I, I got the topic, and I felt like Jennifer's iron rod was pushing me to share, but I didn't want to ask you to repeat what you shared and um, mm. so I I do want to thank you so much for your honesty I felt healing and I want to also share a, tra- a couple of childhood experiences myself and I, I kind of take the I don't know if this is true or not but you know I think the male energy and the female energy are very different a lot and I, I know that's a generalization and there are all sorts of patterns but well, the, the the women I heard share on that night were, you know, it's that whole receptive thing, like they were doing sex in childhood because they needed attention um, mm. or were trying to get attention. For me, I don't think it was trying to get attention. I mean, it was just a drive. It was just fun. It was just pleasurable. And I, I shared earlier when I my mom called me masturbating before, I, I've had, I can think of numerous childhood sexual play before that but after then it was really guilt there was I felt like mm-hmm. there, I didn't know what sexual guilt was till after that 
And I had a couple of experiences that I am, I think I was healed or were healing. You've helped me heal through your sharing. And that was, um, after that, I was a neighborhood, um, uh, family and the, the boy was younger than me and the girl was even younger. And I remember there was sexual play and I feel very guilty about that. And there was also playing nurse and doctor with, I don't know, I may have been 14 or so with um, girls that weren't even maybe 10 or 8 or so. So I just want to say your courage has helped me, and I think this has helped me to heal on this topic. And Jennifer's story, too, that we were all, you know, the dream of being innocent. So, again, thank you, Carla, for mm-hmm. being so honest. And um, I I really felt, I just wanted to share that, too, that I'm feeling healing from that. Not that we have to continue that topic on this call, but I just, I felt like I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable sharing that night because I had slept through <laughs> for 20 minutes <laughs> Well, anyway. actually, what, you, what you're saying is it, I had just felt this prompt that I, was, I hesitated before you spoke that I actually wanted to thank because I've gotten that sentiment, that feeling of, I mean, I'm feeling love is what I'm feeling, and so from several people and supporting me and having shared that, and I'm really grateful that that, that I was willing to do that and that um that I know um that it was I wasn't healed alone and uh, it's been really huge for me with realizing since then that we are all innocent. Even the pe- even the people who seemed to um <clears throat> didn't I mean that for many years I didn't think of that way at all. That I'm just seeing myself, especially in anybody else, and things keep happening during the week that that I get upset, and I'm like, oh, I remember now. They're innocent, and it, you know, whatever motivation is behind it, everybody has different motivations, you know, but the motivation is really to love, to for love and to get love and to re- love ourselves. And um, that's what I have learned about it. So, thank you. Yeah, this is Angela. I had a similar reaction, Philip, just um, feeling so grateful to Carla, especially for making the leap and and also, Carla, as I shared just with your complete, like any, it seems to me that when we're in a community together, when you get a sense of anything you could release, even when it's completely uncomfortable, that you go for <laughs> it. And it's like that alone, that um, practice, that has really um, taught me so that when like throughout my day, even if I'm not on this call or I'm somewhere, it's like it's it's a demonstration and a leadership of it just feels like you're so committed to releasing everything and I thank you for demonstrating that. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm so grateful for your words. I think I've, I've shared this. This is this. I think I've shared this already before. Um, but I, I, I actually really surprised me when it came out of me because I, um, gosh, do I believe that? But I must because I, some my own presence. So um, I, I'm going to read it. So. <clears throat> Because this is where I want to live. And it's like, I do not, it's called where I live. So I do not have to be perfect when I live from my heart. Because if I am doing that, it is impossible to judge myself, feel guilty, or think I should be doing anything different. In fact, when I'm living each moment from my heart, my true self, I don't have to be different than I am in that moment. I do not have to be perfect. I am already perfect. And that, and what you're saying just makes me realize that I'm doing it. (laughs) I don't even mean to do it. It's kind of amazing. But and I think it's possible for it's so much more possible because I didn't believe it was possible. But thank you, I'm really grateful for all that the response. I guess it's in a way it's validation that what I've been really been trying to do seems to be really paying off in ways that are kind of amazing. Um, I'm just kind of curious. Nancy from California, hi. Mm -hmm. Um, Were you on the call on... Tuesday night, or was that the East Coast, Nancy, who we haven't heard from in a long time? It it was probably the other one. It wasn't me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I at first I thought it was you, but the voice didn't sound like you. <laughs> no. So that was interesting. She hasn't been on for like eight months, and I remember when she was on. Interesting. How are you doing, Nancy? Well, I haven't got much of a voice today. I've got a cold, but I'm doing okay. Actually, I'm doing okay. My everything's going pretty well with my daughter right now, and this whole thing is just, um, you know, I've been <laughs> I've been forced. I'm grateful that I've been forced to deepen my practice, and um, I think my throat's really sore, but I'm I'm doing really well. I wanted to say, Anna Marie, I misplaced your phone number. I'm not avoiding you. Call me back. Okay. Um, you want me today. to? Maybe not today. Yeah. I can't really speak, but I, I have okay. a good time. All right. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just going to listen in, surrounding everybody with love. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. This is Angela, and I'm just feeling so, like, hungry for spiritual nourishment. And um, so I'd just like to share that um, this week I I had the experience of uh, cutting myself while I was cooking or cutting, I was cutting something, and then my dad gave me a new knife set that he sharpened up nice, and I had made the comment, like, wow, this knife is awesome, and then... Later on, um, I cut myself, and it was uh, such an interesting experience because, you know, I immediately started to clean the wound, and then um, in the past, with things related to, um, like, blood or pain or needles, I have had the experience of passing out, and um, it literally feels like... um, that my mind goes into such panic. So I was just almost like grateful to experience this again as I've done work on my mind in in, in sort of parenting who's in charge of it. <laughs> so I really started to pray and started to say I am that I am, but um, pretty soon after I began to feel the the symptoms of like fainting and like the heat, the sweat and the nausea and I could feel my face had no color. And anyway, I, I, I was grateful because, um, I, I went into gratitude. I mean, we didn't even have bandages at my house, so I had to come up with something, go to the store, but I was just, I can say I was grateful. I went into gratitude and I also felt humbled. Um, because as I'm aware that I'm, I'm more aware of my automaticity of life, like how I go into robotic mode and I'm not present. And I just started to, to try to begin the process of learning from my experience. And so I can't say that, um, I'm fully in charge of my mind as I, the next morning I also fainted, um, from having to change the bandage and you know I'm just sort of putting it out there as uh, an experience and I'm grateful for the skills I do have but it's also interesting to find a place in my life where I feel like I still um, I'm still an ego somehow like because I'm not sure how to deal with it but um, yeah so anyway I'm just looking at uh everything and uh but it was sweet because my husband was really tender and helpful and so I can see where any illness and any you know perceived accident it has all these other possibilities to it of learning and more love to be expressed and slowing down and bringing aware you know so I share that
Thank you, Angela, for sharing it. I must say that this increasing awareness is also something I'm very grateful for. Last week there was, I wouldn't say a conflict, but there was a challenge in my German ICIM group. There was a member who felt very uncomfortable about the situation because his whole vision of the world had, is, uh, or there is, is changing and it was a huge problem for him. And so, I tried to talk to him about it, and in the beginning, I felt a lot of resistance. But the moment I became aware of it, that there was resistance inside of me, and I opened up and saw what he was telling me as a projection of my own uh, problems, of my own challenges, then the conversation opened up, and in the end, he felt quite comfortable with it. So it was this increasing awareness of really uh, being in my ego mind of um, yes, it was a sort of spiritual ego to do a lot of tools to solve the situation and to control the situation. But when I became aware of it, the, uh, the situation changed and our conversation went really wonderful. And so this increasing awareness I'm so grateful for. And I really feel so blessed to have this help of the Masterful Living community because it's helping me with my own group here in Germany a lot, I must really say. And I'm so grateful for all the support and this increasing awareness. So thank you for mentioning it. I'm glad to hear your your group uh, is going on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lars. I'm, I'm <clears throat> grateful for all your. It's like I've heard it before. The reminders that you offered to me to um, that whenever you're feeling um, or seeing something outside yourself, you're realizing it's really within and um I'm really grateful for your <clears throat> continuing sharing on that cuz that's helping me integrate it more fully each time And it's really interesting. Thank you, Carla, for mentioning it. I've talked a lot about this terrorism at school with my colleagues and with the pupils. And I found a wonderful post on Facebook because everything is projection of our mind that also these terrorist attacks are a projection of our attack thoughts. And I really feel that it has to do with loving ourselves fully. I've uh, read a post where somebody tells us that if we really love ourselves fully, to in, in everything, then these attacks are not attacks anymore when we our mind is not so concentrated on these attacks anymore. Because if we love ourselves, then the situation will be interpreted in a totally different way, and we are not afraid of the future or something like that. And so it has become so important for me to really uh, look into my own mind first before. 
developing fear or a sense of unease or so. So this is really something I'm working on very intensely at the moment and I'm very grateful for being able to, for having this awareness of uh, seeing inside myself. That is so huge, the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to ask a question to the group, and uh, this has been a question I've had that I've sort of allowed um, time because I think it feels like an intellectual question. Um, but one thing I'd like to ask all of you is as we, um, as we embrace the idea of oneness and we believe it, um, one, one, uh, one challenge for me is, for example, Jennifer's radio show talked about um, healing injustice and she talked about how when other people abuse us um, in any way we don't have to stand for it and so I kind of try to work through this idea because again if we're one with everyone um, how is there someone outside of us hurting us and so what came to me was that okay um, the other people in our life, and I like quote people, the other projections are from our mind for our healing. So even if you're being abused, would you then have created that for more forgiveness opportunity or more love? And this is just where, you know, as we perceive there are terrorists outside, but they're not, and we work with that from the oneness perspective. Um, so I think I'm just, it's just that I take it in blind faith in the sense of like, there's really nothing outside of me. But when Jennifer shares, you know, we don't have to accept abuse, I just, that one, that's the confusion. I won't, don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that. Well, I only have one thought when you say that that we don't have to accept abuse. In a way, this is directly against our self-love. We mm -hmm. love ourselves, or we we should love ourselves, if I can say it this way. So that's probably what she means. So we we have to um somehow protect ourselves that other people may have different ideas i leave it out out on the open this my thought here
Um, I've, I've brought up that question before, Angela, because it seems, you know, that I brought it up in the terms of boundaries. I've also brought it up in the context of the courses teaching and in my defenselessness, my safety lies. So I hear it. I haven't thought about it much recently, but I, I hear your your question in that. Yeah, thank you, everyone. I just, I, I, I sometimes hesitate to create questions like that because I feel like the purpose is love. The purpose is if I'm feeling abused by whatever form, you know, it doesn't matter where the form comes from, how it, what it, but I agree, like Anna Marie, that it's, um, what is the, you know, it's always what is the loving choice. Um, but sometimes as I'm following the teachings, my, my intellect does throw up some red flag that tries to get in the way of my getting the point. And I get the point. It's just when I try to keep the principles in order so that everything makes sense, <laughs> sometimes I find little, um, I'd say like roadblock or something. Something to contemplate. Hi, Nancy. Can I have to say, <laughs> I I kind of think you know how when we find ourselves thinking thoughts of the ego, and Jennifer's taught us to say, "I'm not interested in that anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can take that same approach with. I'm not exactly sure about your question, but I just we don't have to accept abuse. I'm not interested in that anymore just not interested in that in the in that possibility in that thought if um like terrorism if, it also makes me think of Ho'oponopono that personally we believe in separation like there is there are people out there who can attack us or abuse us so we we work on ourselves to heal that notion of the separation. I don't know if that makes sense or not. We forgive them and forgive ourselves for believing that we could be separate because we can't attack. There's only one. There's no one to attack and there's no one to do the attacking. So that's our call to yeah. heal that part of ourselves that believes in separation. And forgive ourselves and forgive the attacker, the abuser. We're not interested in that belief anymore. Yeah, speaking for myself personally, I think, and again, this is just general, I think I would protect myself or, or... remove myself from that situation as an act of um, self-love. But I guess that's just general. I don't know specifically how I react depending upon that. That's where I'm at now. I'm recalling one of the calls that Byron Katie had when, and she started to talk about how 
I don't know if she was held at gunpoint, but because um, she spoke about it as if it was a real experience, but she she was speaking more hypothetically. If I were to be held at gunpoint, um, you know, she she even was sort of imagining having the conversation of just trying to be, I mean, loving in the sense that she would ask the the shooter. Um, you know, why do you, I don't remember how she put it, but it was like her response was zero fear and like saying to the the person calling in that her, her goal would be to try to understand her shooter and that if she was shot, okay, no problem. And if she wasn't, like there was only one choice. It was like A, not to be afraid and B, that any outcome was okay. And so, <laughs> so it just seems to me that I still experience separation. You know, I still am experiencing people and circumstances as, um, you know, I'm still working with that. And so, you know, I'm grateful to keep practicing and healing. Um, uh, so anyway, this conversation is helpful and... I think I'm getting to this point where when I was talking to myself in the car, what I got to was saying to myself that I was amazed that as I kind of did this, like, I don't know if it's like a logical conversation, but I was like, so what if I can never be attacked? What if I can never be hurt? And I led myself to say something like, then I don't have to worry anymore. And I started to cry Mm -hmm. because the biggest relief was like, that I feel myself in that mode of protecting myself, looking for people to hurt me or positioning myself to be in control and da 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 da. And as I led myself through this conversation, it was like, I don't have to worry about being attacked. I don't have to worry about protecting myself. And that was such a huge relief that it brought tears to my eyes because I can feel my spirit's desire to stop worrying stop (laughs) it's exhausting (laughs) and it's so energy draining and so if I can be at gunpoint or any circumstance and I don't even have to worry about that thank god (laughs) I think love is the protection no that's, if you want to call it protection, but, I mean, I think, isn't that what happened to Gandhi? And he was assassinated, right? And so, and I I think I heard, I don't know, but, that he said, I forgive you. I mean, I don't know how we know <laughs> who is someone there or something, but he said, I forgive you to the person doing it. So he had no judgment about what was about to happen, whether or not the guy did it, you know? I think that's where anything comes in is when we're deciding what should or shouldn't be 
you know. And even if we do that, if we love that, you know, mm. is that possible? I don't know. (laughs) Do I intention? Well, I find myself many sometimes in that mode that I know I don't have to worry about anything. I will be taken care of. But on the other hand, many times in the morning I pray, I have my, I pray various things, and I start the day. And I know there are various things I expect to take care of and do or whatever. And then during the day, I find myself so um, fixated on doing the things or finding a better solution or whatever and not remember that I can just leave it with God and let God inspire me. And just figure I have to do everything myself. So I find we, mm-hmm. I still find myself in uh, in this dualism, really. Mm-hmm. Well, this triggered something to mind. So that's a story that I have a business partner who made promises and. And then because circumstances, he said he wasn't able to fulfill those promises. But I'm still getting um, income that's suitable. But in the last week, he hasn't, he, you know, was said he, we had made four, like, appointments. And every one he has managed is somehow, something's happened. He's in the hospital. I mean, seems like, I mean valid reasons for everything, but I don't, I mean, I, I think this is coming up to me now because he's supposed to, next appointment is 11 today and in the morning and another hour, and so I'm realizing what is the most loving thing to do because he does everything free. I mean, I don't have to pay him for all his income I get and so what is the most loving thing because I am kind of disturbed because he's not fulfilling his you know commitments yet what is the most loving thing I I think I need to pray on that for half an hour just comes to me in this conversation that well it's I don't I don't want to be mean to him or pressure him or because he just got out of the hospital, you know, and uh, yet I need to be loved. I not I need. I desire to love myself 
so how do I do that? How do I love him and love myself in the same way? Because they seem different. They seem, if you if it's loving him, it seems to be one thing. If it's loving me, it seems to be something different. How can that be the same thing? How is that? I guess loving myself is loving him. I just, I'm not, I guess I need to go into my heart to dis- discover that. And I think <sighs> that poem is a reminder that, um, for me to do that. So I'm really grateful, Angela, that you brought this question up and this whole conversation. It, I think it brought all that stuff to mind. I think it's helpful. Thank you all. Gosh, we are all one because <laughs> you're helping me so much. And you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to apologize, but I'm very excited today. But I wanted to also say I loved the reminder from Jennifer in a recent call about um, refraining from giving advice to friends and um, that the even higher choice or the more loving thing is to just hold the truth for them and pray for them. That's what I received um, because I can easily get into, and I have all the right languaging, like what I've learned, but I'm still giving advice and I'm still trans, like I'm trying to share the principles we learn and I'm trying to, especially with a friend who has is experiencing a breakup in her relationship and there's a lot of advice I'm giving and I'm just grateful for the reminder it feels like a lot of energy to give advice and it also feels like you can't because that it isn't loving really. So I'm just gonna share that about advice. I know this Julia is a recipient of that, you know. Um, if I'm talking about something with a friend or loved one, and you know, if I don't ask for help specifically, but I'm getting it, you know, they what people believe is help. Um, I I'll feel defensive. I feel like I'm not being heard or something. You know, that's sort of the 
and if somebody just sits there and holds space for me, it's such a completely different um, feeling, right? And, and I don't know, it really makes a big difference if you think about when you're a recipient of that kind of loving um, listening. It's, that's truly helpful. You know, that's what I feel. It's a lot more helpful than getting a laundry list of what I can possibly do about it. Thank you, Julie. I really like um, lovingly listening. Because there's sort of judgment in it, I think, if you're advising people or... You know, I mean, when I'm when I'm in that when I'm giving advice, I'm thinking, you know, as this person's talking, I'm really not listening. I'm thinking of how I would fix it, or what would I do if it was me, or you know, you have all these things, you know, thoughts that come up, and if you can just try to open your heart and whatever, and just be there, it's a whole different um, dynamic. And I'm I'm starting to notice how energy saving being in your heart can be. <laughs> and it's not that I'm trying to gain energy, but it's just that I can feel how depleting because my friend on each turn is now calling me because as the situation unfolds and it's changing, she wants more. It's like a drug dealer, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> God, I got this wrong. She's like, you know, it's almost like, well, what do I do now because he did this? And I'm like, oh, darn it. This is not. And so, I mean, what about the, when I think of this as a shift to simply, the first time to simply hold space and pray if she'd like to. And, and you know, period. It would be, you know, minus four hours and 30 minutes of conversation about her wanting me to reframe everything that's happening. <laughs> and so I'm so grateful that as I shared in my post in Facebook that like as I feel more masterful, things are so much less time and energy consuming. That's what I'm noticing. Yeah, definitely. And um, I also feel like I've noticed the franticness of life is dissipating. You know, know, it's just so weird. It's like you come in and there's no timeline. There's no, um, to get an activity done, let's say, you know, you're making a meal or something and there's no time it needs to be done. But it's like you're on the clock. <laughs> it's just like this driving force all the time. And it's like if you're um, stopping and considering that and thinking about that for a minute, it's like, why am I be? why do I feel stress about time, you know, when there's really no need? And that, to me, that feels really, um, I, the word that comes to my mind right now to explain it is holy. It feels to eliminate 
you know, or not being a slave to time is, to me, very um, energy-saving. And it, it seems the calmer I am and the more um, in my heart I am, that that franticness, is that driving sense of life stops. Or, you know, it definitely goes away. And then I don't, I don't make it as many mistakes. I don't get frustrated or angry with other people or myself. It's kind of weird. It's sort of like, it's one effect that, um, is, I found really worth pursuing. It's like, why do I, why am I rushing? <laughs> what is that about? You know, I have no place to be in the next hour. I don't have to. Um, it's like, you know, whipping yourself <laughs> to do things. It's kind of weird. But anyway, that's that's another energy saver for me um, and really helps um, stop the spi- that spiral feeling of anxiety, too. I can, you know, I think we all can kind of get into worrying. But that's been a, a real blessing recently is to um, being able to look at that spirit often, you know, noticing it and then thinking about it, the spirit, and um, which helps just kind of eliminate it. Thank you very much. I think that was part of my lesson of cutting myself because I go into this mode when I'm home. I turn into the robot. I don't know. What was the name of uh, the Jetsons robot lady with the apron on? The maid? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Rosie. I think I... (laughs) Rosie? Oh, my God. I think I turn into Rosie and then I'm like, have to complete all of the tasks. And I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, why do? What, yeah, why go there? You know, what what is driving that, or what is making that happen? It's like it's a ego, escaping or something. I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. It's like try to, you know, try to notice it, and just noticing it helps you slow down. And like, whoa, what the hell, you know, is <laughs> happening? And I started to notice that's how I um, can disengage from my husband. So he might be on his phone and I have like a thought about that. And then I'm like, he's on his phone and I'm doing 64 things that are very helpful. (laughs) But the the both (laughs) results is we're not, we're not present or connected. And I disconnect by being super busy. And I'm grateful to notice that.
I would love to hear from anybody if they're interested and hasn't spoken up. That'd be great. Hey, I'll share. I just started going to a Summit Lighthouse. That's Elizabeth Claire Prophet's uh, Violet Flame work. It's a lot of chanting. Um, you know, sort of any two hours of chanting the different Violet Flame decrees that she has in her book. Some of them are similar to Aurelia Louise Jones and Patricia. But uh, I'm not sure where it's leading me. I don't know if anybody else has investigated that teaching. I've looked at it online, but I haven't really deeply investigated it. <laughs> it just turned out that there was, there was a group in Toronto that I went to a couple of introductory talks and then it turned out there was one right in uh, this uh, the town of Richmond Hill where I live north of Toronto just sort of 10 minutes away so that was strange great thanks for sharing that flame work is always a great reminder mm-hmm Sally, I'm just curious, this is Angela, um, when you are chanting um, and, and gathering to do that, what is like, I don't know, uh, the the intention or like how how is it, what it, what do you think people are gaining? Is it is it to, to chant in order to just... Uh, have a deeper connection? I'm not entirely sure. As I've been, um, I think, possibly three, four, three weeks um, so far, so it's still new. But there's so many things that sort of all pointed me in that direction because I seem to have so many connections So you know, with the uh, Violet Flame. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, we, we repeat these Violet Flame so violet flame, come violet flame, now blaze and blaze and blaze, come violet flame, now, oh, I can't, it's uh, not coming. But it just sort of, um, repetition of these 
these little verses. I mean, some of the, like in the uh, Masterful Living book, we've got uh, prayers that Aurelia Louise Jones had in her book, and uh, Jennifer talks about repeating them three six, nine times, and it's a bit like that. They're just repeating these things. One thing that occurred to me was I was, you do it very fast, and I'm so busy doing that that it struck me it was a bit like being in a meditation and your mind can't possibly wander off onto anything else because your mind is totally occupied in the now trying to say these these words. So that uh, was something that I thought was maybe significant mm. I mean the people okay. in the group that they talk the the leader talks about doing ten percent of your twenty four hour day uh, reciting these decrees, which sounds to me a bit over the top because that's two and a half hours of, you know, this recitation. And he gave me uh, uh, some suggestions for, as a beginner, and it takes me about 45 minutes to get through this list of uh, things, recitations that uh, to do in the morning, which... Uh, it's quite a challenge. I have to cut out some other things because I can't. One can't do everything. But I'm trying it for a while. Thank you for sharing that. I feel. I feel like as we all try to. Um, connect and get be connected and stay connected. These are the sort of tools that can help chanting and well, my friends, we've reached the end of our hour. Um, we can take a moment for prayer requests if people have them, and anyone who would like to pray us out. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm feeling super <laughs> pumped up. So, hopefully I haven't stepped on anyone's toes and uh, we'll just take our hands to our hearts here. Deep breath of gratitude for this community is so precious and this time is so healing and our lessons are so valuable. Thank you to everyone who came to the call, who held the space, and those who shared. We bless everyone who will listen later. We bless our teacher, Jennifer, and all the other teachers who are appearing to us. 
and we take in all that's been shared and we bless each person on their path right where they are and we are grateful for the reminder that's staying in our heart by being there. Nothing, no mistake can happen, no fear is needed. So the reminder to slow down, partner up, and to be in our heart. And there we are fully connected, we are fully one with the one, and there is no separation. We're so grateful to learn this path, to live from that space of holiness, perfection, wholeness, and peace. We bless anyone who's having any challenges. We hold up Barbara Dennis and we bless her. With deep gratitude, we say Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.